Ken, it's already rolling as we say hi to our friend Steve Vines. Good morning to you. Good morning-ish. What's occurring? What's occurring? Well, June the 4th is occurring. Oh, yes. Funnily enough, on June the 4th, experts say, um, first time in 31 years in which there has not... uh, No, to be accurate, the first time in 30 years that there hasn't been a commemoration in Hong Kong on the grounds of social distancing. Yeah. And you can just see what's going on over at Muppetville in, in government headquarters. They're going, God, we've got a fabulous excuse to cut it. Wow, I mean, you know, gosh, this is marvellous. These are the people who, who have said that an assembly of more than eight people, even if there is social distancing, is inadvisable. But, you know... They've, they've got their priorities right. They've got the karaoke lounges reopened. They've got the mahjong parlours reopened. They've got the massage and therapy centres reopened. That apparently... It's good stuff, mate. No fear of contagion in those places. But there is a fear of contagion from democracy if too many people gather in one place, albeit with social distancing, to commemorate June the 4th. It's very interesting that... Um, one of the things that Carrie Lamb used to say, and she's she's significantly not been saying it recently, is if you ever doubt what level of freedom there is in Hong Kong, remember, people here are allowed to commemorate the June the 4th event, as I believe she calls it. Um, some people call it a massacre, but anyway, we'll let that pass. Mm. Um, she ain't saying that at the moment. I mean, I think for the government's point of view, they are hoping and praying that they've got an excuse to keep the social distancing alive because not only do we have June the 4th today, but we have the other anniversaries of the protest movement coming, coming up, up in mm. rapid succession. The One Million People March, the events outside Lejko, which triggered all these protests, the Two Million People March, etc., etc. Now, if they can say all of these can be outlawed, uh, uh, anniversary marches can be outlawed on, on grounds of social distancing. They can put their hands up and go, oh my goodness me. Huh, you're not going to suggest there's any politics involved in this, are you? Mm. So, um, and you know, the words I should Coco come to mind. But unfortunately, what is really much more in prospect is that when the national security law, which is fully approved of by um, various people who haven't read it, comes into force, yeah. um, it may well be outlawed under that as well, mm. because it could be seen, it could be argued that it's subversive in as much as it calls for the end of the one-party state, which incidentally I saw Maria Tam, bless her, you've got to love Maria Tam, say, I don't understand how people can say it's a one-party state, there's lots of political parties in China. Oh, Maria, Maria, where do you start? There are indeed some phony political parties in China. Is she really saying the Communist Party is not in control forever? I mean, for goodness sake, woman, you know, try, make an effort to be at least at least marginally credible. Mm. But we are where we are, and where we are also is that, and again, you've got to love it. Um, Carrie Lam says, oh, we can't um, present to Chinese leaders the views of the opposition because they know what they are. But we can present the views of pro-government people, members of the CPPC, any other set of initials you you, you take off to your lunch, um, because um, well, they're um, yeah yeah they're representative of the people of Hong Kong. What she didn't say is their views are whatever they're told to be, 
Um, so those views apparently can be presented. You know, this reminds me of the very, very cynical exercise of uh, the Brits, incidentally, this is, in um, 1984. Hmm. After the agreement was signed for the handover of Hong Kong, they held a consultation exercise and they said, we will feed in the results of the um, consultation exercise into what we're doing. Oh, but by the way, by the way, there is absolutely no question of altering the agreement or changing anything that we've done. But, you know, you know, a pine away. Um, this is exactly what they're saying over the national security law. Once it's published, you can feed in your results. In fact, I saw Tam Yu Chung actually saying there's a website that you can, you can, you can send your views to. But works. do remember that, that, that it can't change anything because it was never intended to be a matter for discussion. Indeed. It wasn't even discussed in Exco, we, we're now told publicly. And in LegCo, the president of LegCo has ruled out discussion. He said, I am not having discussion of this uh, law on the floor of the legislature because it's nothing to do with us. I pause for one second to, to let that sink in. So there we are. It's kind of gone exponential. The, it, use, the use of language we're hearing now, of course, we've heard it before, but not from these people. Well, I mean, and then you, I mean, it, it, it's bang, bang, bang. I hate to wake up in the morning to see what, what, what new thing has happened. But um, I woke up this morning <coughs> to see yet again being reiterated mm. this very live possibility. It was mentioned in, in the bulletin that we've just heard yep. that they will outlaw people who are opposed to the law from standing for election. Well, that is the entire opposition, the entire opposition of Hong Kong. So if they're proposing to conduct an election in September for LegCo with no opposition representatives whatsoever, mm. that will be very much like an election in... Oh, it's, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ooh, ooh, North Korea, People's Republic of China. Oh, actually, People's Republic of China doesn't even pretend to have elections, but North Korea does. It's one way around it, because everybody's been saying, I wonder how we'll get around, one way or the other, September. the elections in September. Yeah, I mean, even even the, the, the most Quisling-esque Quisling knows that, that the pro-government camp, that was, I keep saying pro-government camp, it's completely wrong, the pro-China camp are going to take a drubbing at this election and they are running scared but if they can find a way of having no opposition during the election and they'll just fight it out among themselves because mm. you know there's a lot of big egos there that need to be sorted and there's still apparently oh god this is desperate there's not enough de government jobs going around to give all the people who were defeated in the district council elections a new job I, you know what, what, what I mean, goes out to you them. could you could carry on giving all these um, examples and references until the cows come home. But the point is, pretending isn't happening anymore. Well, for, for, for whatever reasons, it, I, I, I'm wondering if they are actually pretending. I mean, what what I find, I don't know if it's good or bad, but what I find interesting is the fact that the mask isn't even being worn. I mean, you know, the iron fist is out there banging people straight in the face. And you actually hear them saying, I, I didn't think I'd live to see this repeated. If you don't like it, you can leave. I mean, gosh, what a way to run a place, to say to people who, who are unhappy, not there's a place for you in the community, we'll listen to your views. No, why don't you 
something mm. off. But that's something we hear all the time in Hong Kong. We have done for many years. Some blokes go, well, it's not like Manchester will get lost there. If you don't yeah. like it, go back there. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it in, in you know, what's called jovial talk. But but this is supposed to be from people who are part of the... Well, they're not supposed to be. They are part of the political establishment. Seriously suggesting that people who are citizens of Hong Kong, Hong Kongers, mm -hmm. should leave if they disagree. I mean, this is the complete antithesis of any kind of normal civil society where you say, I disagree with you like hell, but I respect your right to to wow. have a different opinion. That seems to have hit the buffers... Uh, it's so very, it's very easy to say that. So I want to go back to where you started this morning because I got an email from Jonathan and it arrived a couple of hours ago, so I want to read it if I may. If you have a moment, you want to join us on Facebook Live, please do, because uh, I've put the email from Jonathan without his contacts up there right now. The Health Secretary has said that people taking part in unlawful assemblies, he says, increases the risk of COVID-19 spreading. The guidance has been used by the police to refuse applications for protests, including the... June 4 candlelit vigil today. Uh, what Miss Chan used as a frame of reference, I wonder. Anyone with any experience of normal daily life in Hong Kong will know that densely packed crowds are back in many parts of the city, in Mong Kok, wet markets, and as Steve will perhaps be able to affirm the Sai Kung waterfront on any given evening over a weekend. He goes on. Most of the buses and trains at peak times are back to normal, shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder crush. He sent a photo, thank you. Uh, there has to be far greater risk of spreading COVID-19 in closed spaces than outdoors with freely circulating air. Basically, he goes on and he wraps up by saying, it's not a good look either way, and that's apart from the further erosion of trust in government advice, if there is any of that left. The government, once again, just looks ridiculous, says Jonathan. Thank you very much. Steve. Can, can we pick up on that last point? Because once you start political politicising in the way that the government has been politicising its medical advice, mm -hmm. it, it diminishes it to a dangerous degree. If people think that the advice you're getting <coughs> from official circles is, is um, tempered by political considerations, people are going to say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm not going to listen to what they have to say, even when goodness it is possible they're saying something quite sensible and just another very tiny little thing i went past the american consulate yesterday there was a demonstration outside protesting against america i presume um that didn't seem to be affected by this uh, social distancing well there crisis. was only eight of them there anyway oh, i couldn't i didn't do a count all legal it was all legal oh sorry i yet again i've completely mistaken um uh what social distancing means when it is for some people but not for others but hey ho i think everybody knew that this was going to happen because today was the, the final yeah. day before review and i think a lot of pe a lot of people have said that they kind of knew it was going to get extended anyway so they, yeah, well we know. I, I think fatalism is a terrible thing um you, you you know you 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 become fatalistic about what will happen at your peril. Yeah, it is a big danger. It's natural though, isn't it? It is indeed natural, and I do understand it. And you know the 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 way at which one thing after another, you know, you keep banging people on the head, and in the end they're going to say, "Oh my God, they're banging me on the arm. That's so much better than being banged on the head." And then you think back and you think, "Really? Yeah, 
absolutely. All right, then, if you've got anything you want to say to Steve, morningbrew at rthk.hk, or do join us on Morning Brew's Facebook page, where uh, it's dead easy to slap up a comment, and we're live. What you got? Five minutes before the news. What do you want to go on to? Five minutes before the news. I, I, I just wonder um, if we can talk about the... Um, well, we we can talk about... I just mentioned very briefly um, the fact that there was a demonstration outside the US consulate. What I find interesting is there are quite literally looting and burning going on in the streets of America. There is quite literally civil yeah. unrest in many of the major conurbations. There are lockdowns, there are allegations of police brutality, there are even among those awful people called journalists um, <laughs> allegations that they've been assaulted. And what is so staggering about all of this is that the people in the pro-China camp say, see, 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 that proves that there's nothing wrong going on here. They are the classic two wrongs make a right. I just cannot get my head around this. It's not a binary choice. Awful things have happened in America, particularly to black people, mm. particularly in terms of the, uh, this man, George Floyd, who, who was murdered in, in, in cold blood. These are not things that anybody who's part of Hong Kong's democratic movement supports. My God. I mean, it's, it's an insult to suggest that there is some kind of way of deflecting the criticism of what's been happening with policing in Hong Kong by saying, oh, you see, see, they've got it even I've worse in America. I've noticed that a lot, Steve, in all sorts of things going on around the world. Somebody will always say, yeah, but look at you guys in Australia. And we're talking chalk and oranges, yeah. essentially. OK, it's upset and it's aggro. <coughs> but there's a, there's a human nature thing to deflect to. Well, yeah, but, but what but about let's, this? Let's do a bit of compare and contrast. The police officer accused of, of murdering George Floyd is now being charged with second-degree murder. The three other police officers who were at the site are being charged with accomplice, being accomplices to murder. Uh -huh. In Hong Kong, the policeman who took his motorbike and drove it into a crowd of unarmed um, demonstrators, oh, that's right, no charges, no reprimand, nothing. So if you really want to do compare and contrast... Maybe do it a bit more carefully. Oh, and by the way, by the way, if people are dissatisfied with the way that President Trump has been handling these protests, which they are, if they're dissatisfied with the way that Mayor Cuomo, not Mayor, um, Governor Cuomo in New York has been handling these these crises, they can vote him out of office. That prospect does not exist in Hong Kong. But will they? That's the question that's being asked quite a lot now. Well, I, I, I don't know, but I, I mean, the fact is, the prospect of it exists. Mm. I mean, in Hong Kong, not only are the people who have bungled Hong Kong's affairs to an almost astonishing degree not responsible or never held responsible, they don't even have the self-respect. I mean, the fact that people who have produced the level of social unrest that there's been in Hong Kong are still in office shows you that, that the word shame has absolutely no place in their vocabulary. Yeah. And they're still sitting there. Yeah. So, have you ever been drawn into this thing? I mean, we all, you know, we'd like to think we haven't, where you go, yeah, but what about so-and-so? And it's a futile thing to say. And, of course, the other one is, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, it's a childish game. It's a childish game to say, oh, my God, look at them. They're just as bad. They're just as bad doesn't make it just as good. Surely, 
surely even a three-year-old understands that. Yeah. You know, this is actually three-year-old's behaviour. You know, one three-year-old um, is scolded for doing something. He goes, yeah, but George did that as well. Yeah, but no... You know, but for three-year-olds, it's kind of OK. But some of us, I hope quite a lot of us, sort of got a bit older than that, and we shouldn't be doing three-year-old excuses. All right, Steve, we'll sit tight for a minute. Do join us on Facebook Live if you possibly can. <laughs> Well, nothing much has changed. We're still here. What do you want to go on to, Steve? Well, I I'm, think we might just have a little discussionette about the uh, British offer of full passports, or citizenship indeed, to holders of the British National Overseas, the BNO passport, of whom something like 300,000 are already holding this document. Potentially something like 3 million people in all may well be qualified for this. Mm. What I find amusing and it's really amusing is the sound of fury and outrage at this british move from people like oh that's carrie lamb what she's actually objecting to is that the vast majority of these people can obtain the status that she has I mean, come on her husband is British. Her two children are British. That means that she has a path to British citizenship. I don't see her denouncing herself for that. I don't see Tung Chiwa denouncing himself for the fact that all his children are American citizens. I don't see all these other super patriots like the Secretary for Justice, whose husband is British, denouncing him. So what the British are doing is giving a wider spectrum of Hong Kong the, the possibility of the route to citizenship in the same way as the people who lead this place and claim to be the super patriots who are so confident in the benevolence and the general goodness of the People's Republic of China that they've all got escape routes. Mm. Now, what I hope will happen is that, that Britain does indeed honour its commitment to the people of Hong Kong, which is to say that people who are living here before 1997 citizenship. But I hope that what happens is it's not used. People do literally see this as an insurance policy and they feel more confident in staying here because, like all insurance policies, you don't buy you know, medical insurance because you want to have a heart attack. You buy it because you, you want to know that if you do have a heart attack, you can get the treatment you require. So I hope that these, these uh, passports will be regarded as, rather than exit documents, as insurance policies. But, you know, this depends. This depends on how things pan out here. The idea of three million people leaving Hong Kong, I think, first of all, is fantastic. Um, fantastical, I should say. I don't think it will happen. Hmm. But on the other hand, the idea that you should give ordinary Hong Kong people the same rights as the Hong Kong elite, that's an interesting thing. I mean, the, 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 the staggering hypocrisy of these people. What do you know about this, properties Steve? properties outside, there's, you know, of course, you know, Carrie Lam can put her hand on her heart and say, oh, well, I don't have it. You know, I gave up. She had it. She she was a British national. I've given she up my to, British yeah, nationality because yeah. I wanted to run for high office. It was a purely altruistic act. But the laws, British immigration laws, are 
that, that, that if your spouse is a British national, that gives you a part of British citizenship. Yeah. And it's a very well-established um, legal right of people holding British passports. This is not something that's just occurred to cope with the situation in Hong Kong. We're looking at, I'm looking at a page on our Facebook feed right now. Just nicked it from, I did a random search from The Guardian. Now, what do you know about their language? Boris Johnson lays out visa offer to nearly three million Hong Kong citizens. Every time we read something about this, you'd be forgiven for going, wow, if you're a Hong Kong kid who wants to, whatever. But they keep saying things like, we're looking at. Yeah. What do they yeah. really mean, I, Steve? I, Are they going to do this devil, or not? I, I think that the devil is in the detail, but I also think this is a substantial um, difference from what's been said before. Before these events, the national security law and the, the, the continuing encroachment on Hong Kong's autonomy came about, Britain flatly ruled out the possibility of BNOs being converted into uh, full citizenship for mm. Hong Kong people, flatly ruled it out. Remember, this is something that Portugal did for well, the people Were they told of, not to, because in, in case of a brain drain, or, or asked very persuasively well, not to? I think it was to, because of this general paranoia in Britain about immigration. Okay. That, 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 I, 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 I don't know that for a fact, but I believe that is the reason. I think now um, a couple of things have happened. One is that people in Britain have... Come, woken up to the fact of how valuable Hong Kong people are and just thought oh well you know a few hundred thousand of them coming here might actually be a good thing for us well they've already started what we're going to do with three million yeah. that's already started some, too some people but other people <laughs> are going you know to have people who have the talents and skills of Hong Kong people in our midst may, maybe maybe that's a good thing but anyway that, that that's one consideration I think the other thing is there is finally a bit of guilt coming into the equation. Oh, yeah. And Britain is beginning to realise that when it signed the joint declaration and then basically washed its hands of Hong Kong, that really wasn't good enough for a country that aspires to um, stand up for certain values. And, you know, the word responsibility has a real meaning. You can't have a colony in a place like Hong Kong for a, a century and a half and walk away and say, well, uh, that's the end of that story. Um, because the colony, on the one hand, is a structure, and on the other hand is people. Mm. The responsibility you have is to the people, not to the structure. Obviously, the structure has to change. Even the letterbox is changed. And, my God, that green letterbox to replace the red one, I can't tell you how much it's enhanced my life. Love the way they always painted those things. No such thing as get slap it over the top. It's like all gooed up with yeah, paint and well, play-doh. Some of them were replaced, you know, the ones that had ER or GR on them were replaced to have a nice little box that looked as though it wouldn't be out of place in the average factory. Um, you know, God bless them that they felt they had to do that and then they put up flags all over the place. God bless them for doing that as well. But anyway, there's all of that going on. But the really important thing, always to my mind, is the people. Yeah. And when you establish um, rule over a place, you establish rule over the people. Now, I don't think that the majority of people or even a significant minority of people in, in Hong Kong are gagging to live in Britain. But on the other hand, if you look at the history of Hong Kong... The way that Hong Kong grew while it was a British colony, it wasn't that the people left China because they were gagging to live under the Union flag. They were gagging to escape from poverty and oppression in the mainland. That's why they came here. Mm. I mean, ever since the earliest days of the colony, which grew very rapidly, 
um, particularly um, in the face of famines, unrest and all the rest of it that went on in the mainland, actually I think most of the people who came here had very little idea of what they were coming to and a very good idea of what they were escaping from. And that makes their reason even greater for doing it, doesn't it? Yes. Into the great unknown. Well, you, 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 you do what you have to do. So if, if the level of repression and oppression becomes so bad in Hong Kong, people will say, do you know what? I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, create your empty hole, fill it, I'm sure they will, with, with people from across the border. I mean, do what they've done in Macau virtually. You now have in Macau a majority of people from the mainland, which used to be the case in Hong Kong, but, but um, as a new generation born here um, formed the majority of the population, it changed. Mm. In Macau, it was the same process, but consciously they decided to fill up the enclave, and admitted it's a very small enclave, with, with, with the mainland majority. And, you know, one of the things that Chinese officials like about Macau is that when they go there, it feels much more familiar to them, whereas Hong Kong feels much more alien to them mm. and then they say to hong kong "Ooh, you haven't lost your colonial cringe you're still you know shamelessly um resisting integration into the mainland you're shaming shamelessly retaining um internationalist uh, mindsets well i think hong kong people should gu plead guilty to all of the above it's all true yeah they've been living in a place that well i might do it do I answer to these guys? Do I, where am well, I? Basically? You've been living in a place where there's been a, a, a quite reasonable degree of liberty. And people who've tasted liberty never want the taste of the opposite. This mm. is a fact. Absolutely. There is no society that I know of where people have volunteered to go from liberty to dictatorship. But that is what is on offer to the people of Hong Kong. And guess what? It's not a very attractive offer. Yeah. In fact, it's a very unattractive offer. Let's have a quick hello to a couple of people who've joined us on Facebook. Say hi to Debbie, who says, ha-ha, yes, she hasn't denounced herself, and I expect that her and others pre-97 would have wanted as many people as possible to be given British citizenship. Oh, they did. They did. Um, you, you, you see how the Hong Kong elite, the shameless elite, that will always sell themselves to the highest bidder, were... were angling for their own, um, uh, you know, their own benefit to get these passports. And incidentally, what's it, let, it, let, let it not be um, uh, forgotten, they were all so desperate to make sure that they all got gongs before the British um, departed. So Donald Jung, who was told by many people that this was a very bad idea, mm. nonetheless angled to get himself a knighthood. <clears throat> In fact, the last knighthood... The last series of knighthoods pre um, presented to Hong Kong people before the handover because they're, they're obsessed with prestige and, I don't know, baubles. They love baubles, these people. I was just reminded, I was just drifting away there, reminded of... Uh, You're drifting away? No, do you remember the whole thing about uh, Martin Lee saying, oh, perhaps they'll give Mr Lawrence the real one next time because Oof. they gave him a bronze bauhinia, didn't they? <laughs> Anthony Lawrence we're talking about. Perhaps they'll give him a real one next time. You remember that?
<laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you, you, you know, um, one of the marvellous things that happened in the run-up to the handover yeah. was that, that various people, like the Hung Yi Cook, who were very heavily consulted about the, the gl glittering future that Hong Kong would have, one of the things that kept coming up in conversations with Chinese officials was, you know, you do realise that when the British come, we won't have an honour system in Hong Kong. Can you please Just create one? one? <laughs> And that's why you've got all these, you know, Bohemia stars and the Silver Star and the Gold Star and the blah, blah, blah star. But it's I very mean, important it, to some people. Isn't it extraordinary? You know, you, you might have thought they'd be going up to Beijing and say, you know, what I'm really worried about is poverty in Hong Kong. What I'm really worried about is the fact that housing is so um, a substandard here. Mm. No, 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 no. What we're really worried about is we need an honest system to we need take... A metal. We need it on day one. Yep. Remember, the new honor system came into Hong Kong on day one. Okay. July 1st, 1997, they had a new honor system in place. Whew, what a relief. Incidentally, Silver Bohemia Star, you know. It's just one go, eh? uh, uh, Buy one, get one free. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate, you'll be getting it. Yeah, I'll be getting several, Bohemian I know. dog poo, I think. <laughs> anyway, what the should dog, we do? The dog poo. What should we wrap up with today? I, I just want to, um, just in case anybody's feeling too jolly, <laughs> just want to wrap up with something which just shows the depths of where we've got to. And it, it's I think the, we've got plenty. The, yeah. <laughs> it's always the little things that tell you the big story. And the little thing that tells me the big story is the way that the company's registrar, you think, God, the company's registrar, that can't possibly be a political body. But it is. Go on. They've stopped a company, <coughs> a so-called yellow company, um, registering. It's a company that finds oh, work. Yes. It's an employment um, agency, an online employment agency, from registering as a company. I mean, this is where we're at today, where simple, seemingly innocuous bureaucratic functions have been weaponized to make them part of the machine of cutting off at the neck anything that looks like opposition politics so mm. you know if you're going to the company's registry my recommendation to you would not be to try and register a company called the yellow house what was the teeny weeny t i know you're not a lawyer but what was the small print that allowed them to do it uh, not uh, this is the wonderful thing about bureaucrats is we are not at liberty to discuss individual cases so we don't know what weasel type excuse they've used anything to do with perhaps security <coughs> laws and, and the like don't know I mean, this is this is where bureaucrats cream themselves with joy when they tell you that 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 I cannot comment on an individual case because it would be uh, uh, um, something something uh, rule thirty five mm. stroke seven. So we don't know what actual grounds, but we know the real grounds is they don't like yellow companies. Full stop. Thank you very much, Steve. I think we're going to leave it right there. Good morning to our oh, Les has just joined us. Bit late, Les. <laughs> uh, and David in Aussie. Good morning to you, Steve in Marwan tropical paradise anyway back next week at the same time if you do want to add any comments please feel free to do Possibly so a bit earlier in the day perhaps a bit earlier in the day yeah that'll be really good nice one steve thank you very much we'll do it all again next week my button's fallen off